0: We are excited to bring you this segment on Real Presence Live called Straight Talk, and it's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us, which we've been kind of talking about already, with our local hosts and priests, namely Father Robert Horhan, in studio, right here in St. James' Coffee in Rochester. Please call 877-795-0122 or send your questions or comments to us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Again the number to call to participate in Straight Talk. To talk with Father Robert Horahan directly 1-877-795-0122 again 877-795-0122. Oh, sorry, Matt. If you have anything relating to the faith or something that's uh, happening in the world that you want to talk to Father Robert Horhan about, now is your time to call. Again, 877 795
1: Well, I was just going to say, you know, Father, again, great to have you here. Yeah. But you studied over in Rome. You did. And I still have my picture you gave me. Oh. You, you said you're, you know, a mass uh, in Rome, and you have both the blessed... Uh, st John Paul ii on on one side of you and you have uh, our great uh, Emer- Emeritus Pope, Pope, Emeritus, Pope yes just on Arnold the other Rad, side Brad benedict Singer, so. and so you you learned from a saint and a soon-to-be saint you know so when that, he you know uh, just a great part of our church and what a blessing that must have been but I mean you had the great opportunity to have two great teachers that you were around
2: sure, in, in Rome yeah, and and to be able to witness them uh, you know that was my that particular picture was during my diac. In it years, mm-hmm. so I wasn't yet ordained a priesthood, sure. and I was um, assisting as a deacon. And so, yes, Pope John Paul was was in office at the time and uh, was was the pontiff. And so he was celebrating the mass. And then Cardinal Ratzinger at the time was the prefect of the CDF, and so was the yes. you know one of the main concelebrants, So there I am, just kind of wedged in between them. Uh, and
1: you're in awe. And, yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> so the the opportunity, though, is certainly to to study there and to have. Um, those witnesses, both living and, and uh, from history, right? I mean, yes. that's the beauty of Rome. You've got figures like that, Absolutely. walking the streets, uh, and then you've got you know the the tombs of the saints, and you've got the, the historical that. richness there that you can really tap into, and Absolutely. So, so there's there's teachers all over the place yeah. uh, in a city of that nature. That's great. Uh, teachers and teaching moments yes
1: well we have our first question here it was an anonymous email here Uh, says I was wondering if you could have a priest explain what a parochial administer is and what if any decision-making abilities do they have in a parish wow Parochial because we do, we do have those because we have clusters and stuff where a priest is not able to get there on uh, at all the times. Correct. Sure,
2: yeah, and and oftentimes what it's uh, what a parochial administrator would be is if it's a priest, parochial administrator, someone who's kind of filling in the gap between pastors Mm -hmm. so as we know there's you know not exactly an abundance of priests at the present although with the numbers we've got at IHM that looks to be turning around yeah you're Uh, working to change exactly but right now uh, we're doing the the best that we can and so sometimes there'll be periods where there won't be a priest who's available to go in right away as a pastor because the previous pastor had to be moved somewhere else let's say Uh, and then in, as kind of an interim measure, a priest will often be named as an administrator to oversee things to make sure that things keep running smoothly. But then also, because they don't want to take away from the initiatives of the upcoming pastor, the idea is that they wouldn't really initiate too much new stuff in terms of the the decision making. You know, that, that okay. the question that the question got to. So it'd really be a matter of making sure things you know keep. Keep running smoothly uh, and doing what needs to be done. You know, obviously, certain things don't change the right. the gospel message, for example, <laughs> and yes. the sacraments and all of that. But as far as particular parish initiatives, the idea would be that that would wait until a new pastor is right.
1: Done. And any any formal decisions in that, would if it had to come to that, would probably be made under the bishop. Is that right? Well, when, I mean, if something least, came up in that, if in there that, were
2: if there were something warranting that, yeah, yes, that significant.
1: So when it says parochial on uh, there, is that is that calling to the ecclesiastic, or is it, that is that saying that a lay minister or a layperson could do that role?
2: You know, it's the parochial piece really just refers to the parish. Okay, you know that it's that it's a parish. Um, the administrator word is one that is a little bit fluid okay. because it really, de- I, you know, technically speaking, it really should be a cleric, it really okay, should be right. a priest, but, but there's a little bit of fluidity in the way it tends to get used. Okay. So sometimes you will have like parish administrators right. uh, who aren't priests, but it's still a little bit of a different, um set of responsibilities
1: right but any any parish at any given time is going to have a priest that's it assigned have, to it to, to but to it's going to be it could be limited sort, right correct. right yeah. and then and then when a full-time priest would be assigned to that that's when more of the administrative duties could come back into the parish and be made at that time sure. through through the council and through the trustees and
2: all of yeah, that all right of those various structures yes yeah. okay Absolutely.
0: very very nice thanks for explaining Absolutely. that father as long as we're talking about titles. Uh, by the way, Father Robert Horhan in studio here. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Michael Goldsmith. You're listening to Real Presence Live. It's about 35 past the hour, and it's the Straight Talk segment. Your chance to call in or email in something that uh, you'd like to talk with Father Horhan about. Again, the number to call, 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. Uh, Father Horhan, you have... A particular title that goes along with your position currently. Would yes. you like to explain that? It's a little
2: bit different than the straight reverend. Yes. So there are certain. Offices, certain positions in the church uh, that carry different titles with them. So mine would be one of them. As the rector of a seminary, uh, I am actually, technically speaking, a very reverend. Very. Which doesn't make me any holier than anyone else. I want to <laughs> emphasize that very much. Uh, so I am a very reverend. And other positions would have that as well, other sort of vicars in mm-hmm. the church. So those who are exercising a particular responsibility on behalf of the bishop. Mm. All diocesan priests in a given diocese are, are co-workers with the bishop. So all of us are really carrying out his ministry because he can't do it all. You know right. That's really the, the ecclesiology of, of the sacrament of holy orders. And so we're all co-workers, so we're all associated with him, but there are certain offices That have a particular tie, Mm -hmm. and so the rector of a seminary, the rector of the cathedral Mm -hmm. uh, in Winona, the rector of the basilica, um, sometimes what we call vicars forane or deans—they're they're 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 priests who have certain sort of oversight of particular areas of Mm -hmm. a diocese, head of the deanery. Yeah, exactly, and so they too would be very because. You know, they have a a little bit more of a direct tie. But again, all of us as, um, as diocesan priests are collaborating with our with our sure. local bishop, our local successor then, of the apostles, and then he's most reverend. Right, that's like the, where that's the, the tie, is that's right? The, yes. yes. So that's that's where the 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 ascendance of the um, titles that. goes. But
1: what does it move up to then to a cardinal? I mean, you know, you have I, I know you
2: have an archbishop, right? Yeah, who would, who would also be, be most, most reverend. reverend, and really cardinals. Um, would, would continue really to carry that most reverend. They would, okay. Yeah. Because when it comes to the structure of holy orders itself, the the bishop, the episcopacy is the top of that. Okay. So even if one would were to be named a cardinal, you're named that, it's a great honor, it's a great position, right. definitely a, a higher um, element in the hierarchy, right. but it's not a different, Dimension of the sacrament of, of Holy sacrament. Orders. Oh, you're not okay. actually ordaining the cardinal, sure. for example, or even the pope, for for instance. Still a bishop, you know right? exactly the bishop of Rome. Right. So he would be, you know, he inaugurates his Petrine ministry and is installed, sure. but but it's
1: still. You and know, you can get the Mon- Monsignor as another. Yes, uh, that's another uh, formal that's another title offering. that you could get. It's yeah. just it's not saying you're anything different from a, a regular priest, but you're just getting
2: a, a, a beautiful honor. Yeah, correct? exactly. Yep. Yes. Yep. And that's something that is um, usually. Sure. Well, it actually is a papal honor, but usually the local bishop would Right, kind of would suggest. move, but, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a special thing to get, yep. as you a, know.
2: As a sign of, of exemplary service.
1: Right, that sure. exactly. The Going up above and beyond right. most likely, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and I... Uh, I know that we. I think we have another question coming Hi. in here, but uh, it's great to to have you with us. I'm Michael Goldsmith. I'm with Matt. Welcome. This is Father Hi. Robert Corrhand. And if you want to get a question in here, please call us 877 795 It's a uh, also on Facebook, if you want to do a shout-out on there for us, we would be happy to get that question on. If you call in, you can certainly uh, ask your question yourself on the phone if you would like to. So Get another uh, voice. Exactly. Us. And we do have somebody on the phone. It's uh, Donovan. Donovan, are you there? Yes. Okay. Hi, Donovan. Hi. Hi. there. Could you could you ask your question for, for Father? Yes. Yeah why
0: Go did god want to make why did god want to make persons why did god want to make persons father wow yeah that's pretty that's nice, de- yes yes
2: how old, old are you out. donovan six. Six? six Oh, very nice well donovan let me uh, let me congratulate you on asking that sort of a question at the age of six i think i was still um Wondering just about dogs and cats, but even 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 that, <laughs> if, really, even if that right. To be perfectly honest, or my next snack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's really what it was, or when my next nap was going right. to come. So thanks for the question, Donovan. So why did God want to create, uh, and in particular persons, in particular us, and angels or persons as well? Mm-hmm. And really, the idea is that God, in His great and immense love and care, wanted to share His goodness. You know, God doesn't need us. God is ultimately completely perfect. Uh, But he wants to be able to share his love. He wants other people to know that love, to embrace it, to know that they're cherished and they're precious. Uh, And so in an effort to really do that. He makes us. And then he sends us messages of his love. He sends us his son. He gives us the gift of creation. He gives us the gift of the sacraments. So he creates us simply so that we can be sharers in his own life, ultimately, and in the goodness and the beauty that that is God himself. Does that make sense? A little bit. It's kind of like if you're throwing a party, right? If you've got a cake, you want to share it. Uh, It's not exactly a comparison, but, you know, God and his goodness and his love wants to share the cake of his love with all of us. So he makes us and invites us to be part of it. Thanks for your question. Yeah, it was very nice to have
1: you call in. Thank you so much. Uh, again, uh, the number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Also on Facebook, you can shout it out. Uh, if you are out in the, on your phone and or wherever you are on your device, give us a shout back on on Facebook if you'd like. And we do have a question on Facebook right now, and uh, Stefan is on Facebook, and he asks, Did Jesus have a personal guardian angel?
2: Like we do, because he's wow. human, right? That's a pretty. That's an awesome Deep. one. Deep, you know that is a good one. <laughs> and I've been asked that one before, and I always kind of meant to, um, meant to look it up and big thinkers like Thomas Aquinas and see what they officially say. You know, I, I hate to be the guy who doesn't answer, but I'm gonna I'm am gonna kind of answer. Um, and what I'm gonna what I'm gonna answer with is actually that moment in the scriptures when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we do hear that an angel strengthens him, uh, that in that moment he has an angel with him. So is that just a special one that God sends to him at, at, at that moment, or is it an actual guardian angel who is who is there to help him, especially in his, in his humanity? Uh, yeah. Obviously, Jesus being fully human, being fully divine, at the same time, doesn't have the same need for a guardian angel to, you know, keep him out of sin like right, we do. Right. Um, but also, in his humanity, to to strengthen him and, and to be able to console him, that would be something that certainly isn't out of the realm of possibility. So, right. So I don't... Like I say, I hate to be the guy who's not directly answering the question, especially on a show called Straight Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that, but that is, you know, that's that's it's in between that, that yeah. a very, very high theological question, and it would take some really deep, concerning, and you know, like a Thomas, yeah, but yeah. to get into that, you know, another place where where we hear is is the ministers ad- administer to him after the yes. forty days, yes. You know, he he was supposed to call upon them, right? As 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 somebody that dashes his foot against a stone, right? But he does not need that, correct? Right. But when when the devil left him at that moment because he did not fall to the temptation, to the temptation and when the then, time is then, right right then all of the angels came not all of them pro- right I, who knows maybe they yeah, did yeah, right know. <laughs>
2: you know but I mean, he he, is the son of god right, so. exactly.
1: <laughs> and then when he was raised to heaven the angels were there bringing him up in the in, in, the, in the ascension right and
2: moments when the um going to his throne right the, exactly and the moments of uh the resurrection different accounts where you know there's the the figures right. that they see they don't see necessarily jesus himself and the tomb right so then they you know i mean just who a are whole they? lot
1: of mystical parts around that yeah. i mean and it's part of that mystery don't you think Absolutely. i mean you know one of those great things that we're not really called to know until we are maybe not even when we are a part and of the glory fullness, sure. yes yeah. you know we're not god so we may
0: never know those full fullness of those things so. yeah you're now. listening to the RPR Network, Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Michael Goldsmith. Father Robert Horahan is in the hot seat here. I should yeah. say, very reverent.
2: Hey, <laughs> Father is <Robert>. fine. <laughs>
0: okay. uh, the number to call to talk to Father Horahan is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. If you have a question for Father Horahan on straight talk about the faith, about something that's going on in the world, please give us a call uh, or on our facebook page our RPR facebook page and we have our next caller mark from hibbing good morning mark what's your question for father horhand good morning uh, got a question about the church calendar mm, and how yeah. it's set up okay um, you know how the holidays are because some are specifically set like christmas and easter ah, sure. and then the, the church year the church year itself is confusing like you know, church year a and b and oh yeah et yeah if you could, if you could highlight on that, uh, you know, I'm kind of lost with that,
2: how that's structured. Sure, absolutely. So I guess I'll uh, I'll comment first on just kind of the, the the liturgical observances. You know, like you say, the Christmas, Easter piece, and as you rightly note, some of them, some of our celebrations are date specific. So you've got something like, yes, Christmas is always December 25th, uh, Assumption Day, August 15th. So those are dates that are that are specific. And then you've got some of these what we call movable feasts. Uh, and all of those hinge around Easter. And without getting into too much of the detail, it goes back even to the early centuries where there was a... Um, a debate about, well, do we want to stick with a given day uh, for Easter and just assign it in the church, or do we want to go with a movable process like the Jews did with Passover, and, and we kind of went with that movable process. So So Easter gets assigned to the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. So that's really clear, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can just rattle that right off. And then everything... Infernal equinox. Yes. Isn't that a fun word to say? Um, So go to March 21st, then go to the next full moon, and then go to the next Sunday is basically what happens. And that becomes Easter. And then um, everything else, all of the other feasts, then get get established really around that like corpus christi and pentecost and those sorts of things
1: as as the actual calendar
0: moves out like the starting point to it exactly
2: and then and then so yeah so you you set easter and then 50 days later is going to be pentecost and then the next um the next time um the next sunday will end up being trinity sunday so that becomes the, the really the setting starting point for those movable ones, uh, and then also Christmas actually kind of becomes a, a little bit of a starting point because then you count back four Sundays to the first Sunday of Advent. So th- those are really our two linchpins: the Christmas and then the Easter, uh, and then and then you've got the the actual assigned date ones that fill in. And it is a little bit tricky, just kind of keeping it all straight when when what when what falls where. So there's the there's the actual you know year-long calendar of feasts, and then you've got you mentioned earlier the the ABC piece, which is a cycle of readings that happens on Sundays. Uh, is that the the church provides us with a wide variety of scripture readings that we can get into, and so rather than have just the same batch every year. With each year, we shift from, let's say, year A to the year B to year C, and then we cycle back through. So we get a variety throughout the course of three years. And that also allows us an opportunity to really get familiar on on Sundays with the various gospels right uh so you've got you know a lot of matthew and year a a lot of mark and year b a lot of luke and year c and then john kind of gets sprinkled in there especially in year b because mark is a little shorter interestingly enough there's also a a two-year just to make things even more confusing uh there's also a two-year cycle of readings for weekdays Mm -hmm. uh so you have years A, B, and C on Sundays, and then you have years one and two on weekdays. But the, the basic idea is really to, to get the scriptures opened up and and accessible so that as we come to Mass, we can have this wide variety of, of experiences of knowing how God has acted in history, how he's reached out to us, and, and how he has been... At work, and that's really also what the liturgical year is about with these different events, these different moments. So, that's a really long answer to a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Does
0: that answer your question? Great, great answer. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I've got one more if you have time. Yeah,
1: sure. Go ahead, Mark.
0: The Christmas holiday, we celebrate it as the birth of Christ, Um, but it's kind of confusing. Is that actually, I mean, does it actually fall, the birth of Christ actually Mm. fall
2: in Um, December? Uh, right that's a great question and we really don't know there's a there's a great we have a we have a great custom in the christian tradition of looking at sort of universal religious motifs uh, and then recognizing what's good in them and sort of kind of purifying them so the reason i'm saying all of that is if you look at that time of the year december 25th uh You've got, just a few days earlier, the winter solstice, the darkest day of the year, and there had been various religious festivals centered on that, you know, for example, the Roman festival of the unconquered sun, because now the sun is about to dominate the days. It's kind of gone into hiding, as it were. Its influence has been diminished up to that point, and now it's about to expand. And so the beauty of that is we see the light of Christ coming into the world and expanding the range of God's love hmm. uh, as God himself becomes flesh. So do we know when he was actually born? It's a, it's a little bit of a crapshoot as far as actually the birthday of Jesus. Right. But there's a beautiful tie-in then with the, the, the created and thus God-given cycle of nature right. uh, that we can... We can associate with the birth of Jesus. Does it
1: also tie in, Father, with March 25th? I mean, yes, some, and then know,
2: with... and then nine months earlier is March 25th, which is the uh, the Annunciation, that yep. when the angel came to Gabriel and. Jesus was conceived. So it's kind of tied
1: in that, in that manner. Funny but how do, that works you, out. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do we know the exact date? Absolutely not. But right. I mean, that's where the church, with its with its uh, magisterium and, and, and going over the scriptures, that's where they yeah. set that, and that's where, you know, the church tradition has come from, and right? And emerged. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Well, thank you, Mark, for yeah. that. Uh, I hope yeah. that answered your question. We have another caller on the line. Uh, uh, can you... Oh, oh, I guess they are not on the line. Let me read this one to you, Father... Uh, couldn't stay on the line, so in the creed it says Jesus descended into hell.
2: Ah. Did Jesus really go to hell and why? Interesting. So, the typical, if you look at the Latin, it, you know, it's descended at infernos, um, and the reason I'm, I'm using that is not to be hoity toity or pompous, but the idea of, of infernos can sometimes just be below, mm-hmm. right? And so, when we look at the idea of Jesus descending into hell, The question is, what do we mean by hell there? That's really the fundamental question. And there's a line in the scriptures where it speaks of Jesus going to the spirits in prison Mm -hmm. and preaching the good news. And that has given great food for thought throughout the centuries to that sort of, you know, in-between period, right? Uh, Between the death and the resurrection. And so when we talk about him descending into hell... We're really not talking that the, you know, classic understanding is we're not talking about the hell that we normally where the judgment is right where the damned are right where those who have totally rejected God are. It's actually the idea that he went to those who were just you know let's say Abraham, uh, let's say the prophets of old, but because Jesus' saving death and resurrection hadn't happened yet, you know the gates of heaven weren't yet open, and so they were not in heaven. So just kind of by a, by a global sort of really, really broad extension of language, we say, well, it's not heaven. It's not the fullness of perfection. So in a certain sense, you could call it being below or being hell. And doesn't that
1: go into so, where the scriptures say, you know, some translations say, you know, went to the abode of the dead, Sure, right? yes,
2: absolutely. Yep. You know, yes, so yeah.
1: does that also tie in then to, Father, where purgatory might have been expanded at that moment so, then through through purification and, you know, once once Jesus,
2: you know, separated? the uh, So separated the just from the, possibly, yeah. It's, yeah, because uh, we're,
1: we're not, we're, the last day is not there, at, right, for ex- the judgment. Exactly, correct? exactly. It has so. not
2: yet come. So there's, there's that time of awaiting but yeah so the the hell of the creed is actually what we sometimes will call and again it's not necessarily the happiest phrasing but the hell of the just right because it wasn't yet heaven great and then he freed them
1: well i hope that answers that that person's question Uh, we have another one that uh, did not want to stay in line and they were uh what when and what years was Father Horahan in the seminary, and where did he mm. go uh, for college and then theological?
2: Uh, oh, good. That one's that one's straightforward and simple. That's yes. just straight you, you facts. Know, you, I can give that, that one. one. Yeah, yeah, you remember that one. So <laughs> I was I was at uh, Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary, where I'm at currently as rector which is kind of surreal, but I was there as a student from 1994 to 1998. And then from 1998 to 2002, I was at the North American College in Rome. For mm, you and I family. were in minor seminary at the same time. That's wild. Isn't that something? We were at different seminaries. Right, right. But, huh, Wow. I don't know if that ever came up in our various conversations. So. so, yep. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Isn't indeed. that neat? Yeah. Well, if you
1: still, we have a couple more minutes yet if you want to call in 877-795-0122 or on Facebook. Give us a shout out on there as uh, on our Uh, Facebook page there, we'll get that question. We still have a few more minutes for Father to be with us here, and again, we're blessed because he has a great knowledge. I mean, he's part of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. He is the rector, very reverend.
2: (laughs) uh, You guys are making way too much out of that. (laughs) No, no, no. No, you are. I've seen great. firsthand.
1: You know, I I love all priests, of course. You know, but uh, you just have a great personality mm. as it flows from oh, your father. you, Father. So I mean, it's just great. I mean, every priest has their own personalities and they're and they're great in their own gifts. Uh-huh. But it's always a joy to be around you. So well, thank you very much. Um, yes, again, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. If you want to call in, is there anything maybe you want to? That's maybe on your heart, Father, that you want to talk about. I would
2: just invite all of our listeners to to to. Continue, continue keeping alive in and, and your minds and your hearts the depths of God's love. You know we had that, oh. that exquisite question from the six six year old. You know why did God why did God make me? Yeah, why was it needed? Right? Why yeah. did God create persons? I mean, it's something right out of that it old Baltimore to Catechism. Know Him, and right? to love Him, yeah. to serve Him, and to be happy
0: with Him forever in heaven. Right? Absolutely. Right? Nicely <laughs> done. Right.
2: Thank you very much. I am impressed. You remembered something yeah. from your seminary days. I'm not very reverent. <laughs> But uh, but you're probably more reverent, yes, at times than Ooh, I. Yeah. Good tie in there, Father. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, but you know, we have that, that that wonderful that wonderful question, and you know, it's a beautiful answer. And it, and it, again, it just comes down to the fact that God in His in His immense goodness doesn't want to keep that goodness to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to make us so that we can know it. I think we forget that. We yeah. just, we get so lost and caught up in the shuffle of day-to-day things and, and I certainly do myself. Yeah. So I'm not pointing any fingers. Yep. Um, I'm preaching to myself as much as, I'm, as I am to anyone listening. Yep. But, you know, I want to encourage everybody, again, including myself, just to take that time to pause, to pray, to be with Jesus, to, to look at a crucifix, to yeah. say, you know, this is for me. God did this for me. Right. I'm worth right. it.
1: Which ties into our beginning with, with Deacon uh, John Hust, you know, with being spiritually stuck. You know, don't, don't ever believe that you're alone. Yeah, right on. Not, not not, necessarily just even in this world that you're not alone. You have the church and all of us that are praying for you, yeah. and, and, and there's people here that care. But moreover, that God died for you and your sins, and that he wants you with him because the, he, he desperately does not want to be separated from us. Right. I mean, and it goes back into Genesis with we created, right?
2: Yes, So yes. that we're
1: all three were there and the three persons present, that we talked to,
2: but goes back into what's going on, yeah. so... And he says, like he says in our gospel for today, don't be afraid. Exactly. And more than many times throughout. Oh, yes, Yes, absolutely. That's a a main refrain.
1: What a main theme,
2: right? We Um. are uh,
0: almost out of time. Father Horhan, thank you so much. Absolutely. be
2: able to give us your priestly blessing to to us and those listening? I would be more than happy to. The Lord be with you. And with your Your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again, Father Robert Horhan very reverend rector of immaculate heart of mary seminary <laughs> in no, beautiful winona minnesota thank you again so much for my joining pleasure us. would thanks you for come back me. on
1: with us you know sure. for some more times absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely we would Get love to touch, have yeah. you on yeah so we'll have brandon give
0: you a call thanks also so, thanks um, so much father been yes, a blessing to you have bad. you back also thanks to all who called in or wrote in your with your questions A reminder that this segment is on at 9 30 central time every monday through friday